Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Praise be to God. Now in chapter 6 of Judges, we see that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and God hands them over to the Midianites. Anytime rebellion comes in, anytime evil comes in, God hands his own people over to their enemies so that the enemies can afflict them to the extent where they will come to the point of crying out to God. So the chastening and the purpose for chastening is to produce repentance, the fruit unto repentance. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. God's word says, whomever the Lord loves, he chastens. Chastening is necessary when we go out of the way. Chastening is not a part of Christian life that has to be there all the time, even if someone is walking right now. Chastening is only when you veer off, you know, when you have a GPS and, and you put your a destination, you start driving. And you are following the GPS exactly. You keep going. And you end where you should. However, if you get distracted and if you miss an exit, then at that point, it's going to reroute you and it's going to show you an alternate route and it's going to take you through that. So there's a direction change that comes. Correction is like that. An obedient child will not need the discipline that a rebellious child will get. A rebellious child will be disciplined because the father loves the child. The obedient child is loved by the father too, but will not need discipline and therefore will still be loved by the father and will escape their discipline because he or she is obedient to the father. Only when you veer off will you be rerouted. But if you're on track, you'll be on the perfect path of God Almighty. Not needing to be rerouted. Because the, the plan A that God has placed you in, you are right there. And you're not veering off. You're not distracted. The love of God, true love of God, will always come to his people when they choose to do foolish things. Rebellion is foolish. Disobedience is foolish. Chastening is God's love that comes to God's people. Where God comes and says, I am going to discipline you or chasten you so that you remember how you were before, what you had before, and now what you don't have and what you're going through and why you lost it. Now you go cry out to God. Then you straighten out. God is a good father. In the case of these people, his people, every time they rebelled against God, every time they said, I want to be just like the heathen. I don't want to do what you told me to do. Well, what are you going to do anyway? Our actions speak louder than words. When we rebel against God, when we do that which we should not do, when we do that which is an abomination to God, that's what we say. That's what we tell God Almighty. What are you going to do anyway? Whatever you're going to do, I'll face the consequence. Oh, are we that strong to stand before God and challenge him? Jesus, okay, let me just show you a little bit because I love you. You're just acting a little foolish now. Let me show you a little bit. And what does he do? What does he do? What's the pattern here? He gives his own people into the hands of the enemy. 
He doesn't say, well, I'm going to send some angels and they're going to just give you a little baby tap and where you feel a little bit. And then you see that, oh, it hurts. No, he gives his very own people into the hands of his enemies. Think about that, how that'll be. How's that going to go? If he gives his people over to his enemies, what do you think the enemy is going to do? I mean, he's your enemy. He is your enemy. Satan is your enemy. And God, because he's protecting you, that enemy is not able to come near you at all. But you go and mess with the God who is protecting you. What will happen? What will happen? He says, well, here you go. I'm taking my protection. Not only that, I'm going to push you right there. Go to his hands. Let him whip you. Why? Why is God handing his people over to his enemies when they disobey? You know why? Because every time they disobey, they go and worship his enemy. When you go and worship his enemy and say, oh, I worship you. I'll do what you say. Oh, I'll follow you. God says, go, 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 go. Stay there, go. Go. See how he treats you. Go. Then the enemy gets all happy. He says, oh, you belong to him. And he sent you to me. Let me show you how much I hate you. And he'll spew his venom on you. He'll spew his vengeance on you. Oh, it's not a pleasant thing. Never take the grace of God for granted. Never. Never take the mercy of God for granted because if God toughens up, God says, I'll give you over to my enemy. It's not a fun thing. That's what happened every time in the Bible. He will give his people over to the Egyptians. He'll give his people over to the Babylonians. He'll give his people to the Amorites. He'll give his people to the Midianites. He'll give his people to the Philistines. He'll give his people to his enemies. Covenant breakers. Covenant breakers. When they break the covenant of God. God says. You're breaking your covenants with me. Because you want to serve Satan. You're breaking your covenant with me. Because you want to go to him. Go. And he says. He himself. Will hand them over. Who? His people. So we can never say, well, I'm a child of God and I have God's protection. I can do whatever I want and I'm safe in the arms of Jesus. Oh, no. He will throw you like that in a second. Go there and taste and see how good Satan is. Then see who you want, whether you want God or you want Lucifer. You know why God does that? Out of his love. Out of his love. He chastens his people out of his love. Also, God gets angry. We have to understand that. When you do that which you shouldn't do, knowingly you do it, the wrath of God falls upon the children of disobedience. Those who disobey God, are children of disobedience. They disobey God and they obey Satan. They become children of disobedience, which is children of the devil. When you disobey God and you obey Satan, that's what you do, you become children of disobedience and his anger burns against the children of disobedience. So we have to understand the word of God and know the balance of God. And what hangs in the balance when it comes to your soul? The angel of the Lord is being sent in this situation because of the cry of the people of God. After they got some sense here. After God handed them over to their enemies. After they got whipped pretty good. Because it took a long time for them. Seven years. They didn't cry out the first year. They didn't cry out the second year. It took pretty long. Imagine how bad they were. Imagine how 
bad they were. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If God tightens and he tightens really good, that means you've done something really, really bad. Don't mess with God. Don't. Because if he just says, oh, really? You want to see my side? That's not going to be good. Who God loves, he chastens. But don't think that when he chastens, he'll just pamper you a little bit and say, oh, my little darling, I'm going to give you a little back and make you feel a little bad and one drop of tear will come and then you will realize that he knows that all. You're not like that. You're not a child who'll get a little back. And so when he says, a hard whack is necessary, he'll say, okay, I'll whack you straight to the enemy. Go. Go there. You went to him. Stay there for some time until you cry out so I can come and rescue. And his heart is full of mercy, though he gets angry. We see all over the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We see the heart of God. Yes, he gets angry with unrighteous children, his own children. Also, he has mercy when he sees them cry out to him. But he looks for real tears, not crocodile tears. He looks for real tears. Sometimes people okay, I, I feel a little hurt and I feel a little bad. And, and um, can you come help me? You know, some people will come and ask for something without really apologizing. I'll come roundabout. Oh, God doesn't take any roundabout apology. God doesn't take any roundabout repentance. No, be real. So what does he do? He waits for the crying to become groaning. When the cry becomes groan, they really say, oh God, I'm so desperate. Please help me. I can't take that. Please. At that point, God says, are you willing to change? Ready? Ready to be real? Can we talk? That's when God speaks. God is speaking to the hearts of the Tsar. It is at this point. They were hiding in caves and doing all these things. And it took so much of oppression. They let the enemy beat them up until they got beat down to the ground. They weren't going after God. So God just said, see, cruel Satan, he gets his opponent in his hands. Imagine what he would do. Never go to Satan's side. And never think that it will ever go well with you. It will not. He will shred you to pieces until you become not recognizable. There's a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. Be very careful. Who is on the Lord's side? 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 That matters. If you're on his side, he will feed you with the finest He will give you the top things out there. He will bless you and he will raise you above all the nations of the world if you are on the Lord's side. If you say you're on the Lord's side and you act treacherous before God, then God said, oh, I'm going to switch you to the other side. Go there. That's it. You want that while you're here and you try to go and sneak there, go there. After that, what happens? The enemy whips and he 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 whips and and they stay there. It's not that you go there and you feel, oh my God, I can't stay this anymore. I'm coming back to my heavenly father. That didn't happen to the prodigal son. That didn't happen to the Midianites. That didn't happen to the Israelites in the hands of the Midianites. Until this prodigal son ran out of anything and he couldn't eat the pig's food, that's when he's going back to his senses. Why in the world should a man go to that level? Why? 
He did. He did. He left his father's house. The comfort. Everything. The wealth. Everything. Why? Why? Because his eyes were not content with what was given. All of a sudden he started looking over there. Look over there. What do you have? I have everything here, but you know what? You have something there. Are you eating something? I'm having the richest food here, but oh boy, that looks a little different. Where is that? And over there, the enemy stands over there because he wants to kill you. He's over there. He's standing there. Oh, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. It tastes so good. And he makes a big scene over there. And there's this content fool over here. Sister looks over there. Huh? I don't have here. Here the father has a grand feast. I'm eating this every day. Fattened calf. Getting all the wealth here. I'm eating this every day. Ungrateful. Ungrateful fool. Looking over there. Egypt. When you're going all the way to Canaan. Eating angels food. Egypt. I want Egypt. What's going to happen? Egypt is death. Egypt is slavery. You choose death. God will say, okay. Go. The angel of death could not kill, could not touch the children of Israel. Touch them. When? In the wilderness. He came and wiped them all out. Gone. Gone. Because in Egypt, they said, we want Canaan. The angel of death couldn't come near them. But in the wilderness, they said, we want Egypt. Oh, the angel of death came and wiped them all out. Who's on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? God is speaking to our hearts this hour. Who is on the Lord's side? What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? Life or death? What are you going to choose? Choose life, says the Holy Spirit. Don't wait until you get wiped out. Don't wait until you get wiped out. Now, after they got hurt, after they lost everything, after they were hiding, they couldn't live in their houses. They were living in caves. They cried out to God so much and God had mercy on them. and said, now I know you will listen. It had to take that much. Think about that. If it had to take that much, how hard their hearts were, how bad they were, how evil they were to God Almighty, that God had to give them over to his enemies. So now, God is so merciful, even though they were so bad, even though the enemy was so bad, they chose to stay on that side and not this side. God could have just said, no, it had to take all these years for you. He didn't say that. He said, I'm coming. One thing I require. We're going to leave that. We're going to read that one thing and see what God is speaking. And we're going to close for tonight. Let's read from verse 11 onwards. Judges chapter 6 from verse 11 onwards. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the turbanth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. I'm reading from New King James Version. God is answering. God has sent his angel down from heaven to earth. There's divine intervention. There's this divine intervention that is taking place. Anytime God comes and intervene in your life, he will give specific instructions. You must do what God tells you to do. Now you see here, this angel of God is coming and he's sitting under a specific tree. There are lots of trees over there, but this tree has been chosen by God so that the angel of the Lord can come and sit underneath that tree. This tree belongs to someone And this tree is where someone that God's eyes fell upon is doing something. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Whatever God chooses has a purpose. 
whatever God chooses has a purpose. He never randomly does anything. Even a tree that is chosen by God is handpicked by God for God's glorious purposes. God is strategically working now. He said, okay, all these are crying. Well, which one will really obey? <laughs> all these are saying, oh, Lord, I will do it. Please help me. Please help me. Please help me. There has to be someone who has ears to hear. That means someone will obey. Someone who will pull away or pull out and push out the dirt that is there. Someone who will do the cleansing work. If you want God to do something in your life, if you want God to push the enemy out of your life, you need to do what God tells you to do. Without it, it won't happen. So now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the turban tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. This clearly shows that they're still in oppression. He says, doing something, working. And he says, I'm doing this and I got to get this done before the enemies come and I got to hide what I'm taking because we need food. While he's working, he didn't have the freedom to do what he wanted to do. So within the restriction he's doing, while he's doing this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now there's a message that God spoke to us from this. I encourage you to hear this message that was spoken before during your free time. God comes and he speaks to Gideon through this angel of God. And there's this word of God spoken over Gideon. To get his attention. And Gideon looks at the angel of God and says, okay, something is happening. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I'll be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah or flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the turban tree and presented them. The angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it is still in Oprah of the Abiezrites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock 
in the proper arrangement and take the second bowl and offer a burnt sacrifice with a wood of image which you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord has said to him. But because he feared his father's household, that the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. I want to stop right here as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. What God really wants to focus here today is, we read a whole bunch of verses. The reason why the Lord wanted us to read those things is for you to have an understanding of the interaction that Gideon had with the angel of the Lord. How God came and how God approached a man who was so much involved in the culture of that current time Israel at that time it was current where that that culture that was present during that time was so much like the heathen they claimed themselves to be Israelites but they were like pagans they didn't even know why God is not doing miracles anymore. You see that? You see the state of deception that they were living in? Gideon was like, Gideon was like that. Now his parents, his forefathers should have known. But this child did not know why he was even handed over to the Midianites. I heard all these stories about what God did to my forefathers, how he brought them from Israel. But why are we going through this? Why is he not helping us? The child doesn't know. You know, the sins of the fathers affects the generation. The kids don't even know. Why are we going through what we're going through? But the good news is, every child that is sincere before God, God comes to that child to break them free from generational curses. God comes to them and he says, you know what? You don't know why you're going through what you're crying out and you're saying, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me. And your cry is reaching out to God and God says, I want to help you. I can't help you if you do the same thing your dad did. I can't help you if you do the same thing that your mom did. I can't help you if you do the same thing your forefathers did. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If you want the curse that your parents have placed upon you to be removed from your life, if you want God to break the generation curses out of your life, it is important for you to break your ties with your ancestral sins. Important. You need to break your ties with your ancestors and break those ties. Important. Don't do what your dad did. Don't do what your mom did. Don't be like your dad. Don't be like your mom. Be like Jesus. If you want God to break you free from your generational curses, you need to do what God wants you to do. No resemblance of paganism should be on you. If you want God to take you out of those generational curses, no resemblance of Lucifer should be upon you. If you want God to take you out of the curse of the enemy and the curse of God. That's why they were handed over to the Midianites. God's curse was upon the Israelites. If the curse needs to be broken, something had to be done. Something had to be done. What is that? Stop doing what they did. Stop doing what they did. You want the generation curse to be broken? You want your life to change? You don't want to be like your forefathers who actually laid curses upon your head because they chose to be evil? Now you're bearing the yoke of it? Don't be like that. Don't be like that. You don't want to carry their diseases. You don't want to carry the curse of God that came upon you as a result of what they did. 
part with their sins. Part with their sins. It is important for you to part with their sins. Part with their sins. Take no part in the sins. God is speaking in this hour. It's important. It's important. It's important. God is speaking at this hour. Don't be someone who will become the cause of your generation to go into bondage. You and your generation go into bondage. And if you are in bondage as a result of what your forefathers did, make sure you break yourself free from that by breaking yourself free from their sins. How do you do that? Good question. How do you break yourself free from their sins? It may not even be a life. How do you break yourself free from their sins? Let's just read this over here. Let's go here. I'm just going to Go to verse. Let me just scroll up a little bit. And we want to just go to the instruction. I'm just going to go there where right here. Verse 25. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is, that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in proper arrangement, and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. And read it again. God is saying, take your father's young bull, the second of seven years old, second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal. So God says, you take this, you do this. You take this, you do this. You are taking sacrifice to God. But that sacrifice cannot be offered to God un- unless... The altar of Baal is cut down. If the altar of Baal is not cut down, your sacrifice will become an abomination to God. You can't say, well, the altar of Baal is there. I'll just do what I have to do here. You can offer to God a sacrifice using Baal stuff. So you take the sacrifice with you, but you need to cut down all Baal stuff. Then you offer the burnt offering. God is speaking to us today. Whatever sins that were committed, whatever lifestyle, your parents, your grandparents, your forefathers, whoever it is, lived. Live opposite to that. Cut that down by living opposite to that. By obeying God. How do you take vengeance over sin? By disobeying sin. Then your offering will become pleasing to the Lord. After that, you can build the altar for God. Not before cutting it down. Not before cutting down Baal stuff. God is speaking to our hearts today. If you want God to bless you, If you want God to do a miracle in your life, if you want God to prosper you, you need to remove that which is cursed. Whatever cursed thing is there, that needs to be removed. That has to be put away. That has to be wiped out of your life. Your attitude your mannerisms, you know, there are some people will say, well, I'm not proud at all, you know, I'm really humble, but you know, I'm different. That is their own assessment 
But those around them will say, well, that's not what I see. I see a very proud person. You know why? Because this is how they've lived. That spirit of pride is just deeply rooted in there. That tree needs to be shaken. As Gideon didn't even know why he was going through, what he was going through, until God had to come and tell him, hey, these are all the things that are there. Get rid of that and do this. Do you know how nicely God told him? Because Gideon was not somebody who was presumptuously doing it. He didn't even know. Why did God send Jonah to Nineveh? Why? Why did he he send Jonah to Nineveh? Even when Jonah ran away, God's heart was for the Ninevites. And he made sure I'll send Jonah, this Jonah, to Nineveh. Why did he do that? Because the people who lived there did not know the difference between right hand and left hand. That means that's all they knew and that's all they lived for. And that's how they lived their lives. God said, they need to know the truth because only the truth can set them free. The truth has not come to them. And God, out of his love and out of his mercy, yes, the judgment went. But with that went the mercy of God. When the truth goes in, whoever receives the truth of God, whoever believes in him will not perish. And what is that belief? Believe is when I believe the messenger and believe the message of God, I take action. That's what repentance is. So, God comes to Gideon. He says, so, Gideon, you're afflicted and people are crying out, but you don't know what you guys even did. Well, the older ones know. You people don't know. You weren't really told. You've been told some story about your heritage, how your people were brought out and God did all the miracles, but I'm wondering why he's not doing it now, why he's not doing it for us and I don't know. And God said, I'm here to give you the answer. Why? Pull the idolatry out of there. No idolatry should be there. Well, those are your dad's stuff. You know, there are some people, oh, it's their stuff. I won't touch it. But you know what? They will live with it. You will have curses with it. God told him, go. Get rid of that. Yes, it's his stuff. Get rid of it. If you want God to do the miracle in your life. If you want God to do a miracle in your life. If you want God to pull you out of generational curse. You need to break yourself free from the sins of your forefathers. You can do that. You can break yourself free from the generation curses on your own. God has to do that. In order for God to pull you out of the oppression of the Midianites, you can do one thing. You can cut down the altars of Baal. You can do that. You can take the sacrifice for God. You can do that. You can build the altar for God. You can do that. You can offer the sacrifice for God. You can do that. Oh, pulling you out of the hands of the Midianites. He will do that. God is speaking to your hearts today. Take this word of God very seriously. It's high time. We stop blaming others for what we're going through. Because God has come to us today. To tell you what you need to do. In order to bring about change in your life. So you don't live under oppression like how the rest of the people are living under. So that you don't live under the domination of the Midianites. So that you can get set free. So that you can actually be used by God to deliver your people. That if you are one with your people and one with their idolatry and one with those, their stuff and I'm not going to say that I'll be there but I'm not going to say anything. I'm not worshipping that but oh no no. 
where there's idolatry, God will not be there. Anytime you go to a place of idolatry, anytime you go to places where God abhors, I'm not just talking about physical idols, any kind of thing, immorality, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. Know that. The presence of God will not be there with you. It won't be there. And you will be open to all the attacks of the enemy. The Midianites will oppress you. Either you cut down what you need to cut down and establish the altar right there. Knowing that it's not your property. Knowing that it's not your temple. Knowing that you didn't build that. But you have the bonus to go do it. God can use you to bring deliverance to the entire family and the generation, the nation of Israel. God used Gideon. God used Gideon. God used Gideon. But you know where you need to be. Be in the presence of God. Be where God is. Be where God is. When you're where God is, then the presence of God will be there. Your mind will be sharp. Your memory will be sharp. Your eyes will be sharp. You'll be able to hear the voice of God. If you're not where God is, then your mind will become cloudy. The enemy will oppress physically, spiritually, mentally in every way. The enemy will do whatever he wants to do because it's his zone. The spirit of God will not be there in a vile place. When God is there, Things change. It's an atmosphere of deliverance. It's an atmosphere of freedom. It's an atmosphere of freedom. God is speaking at this hour. Let God's people arise. May Gideon's arise. Once that knowledge and that revelation comes, once that knowledge and that revelation comes, this needs to be cut down. It cannot stay any longer here. If I don't do it, sin will remain and I will be under the hands, the heavy hands of the Midianites. If you want deliverance, if you want to be free, if you want to live a prosperous life, if you want a change, change. If you're tired of the oppression and the generation curse and the heaviness and all those stuff, then you need to do what Gideon did. Gideon heard what God said. Gideon heard what God spoke. And Gideon did what God told him to do. Even though he didn't do, do it during the day, he did it. That's the point. That's how he became a commander in the army of the living God. Even though he didn't have the boldness to do it during the day, that's fine. He got the job done. God didn't say, well, tomorrow at six o'clock you should do it. God didn't say that. It doesn't matter whether you do it night or day. Are you getting the job done? Are you getting the job done? You need to get the job done. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. In your heart, make a decision today. If I don't want to carry the curses of my forefathers. If I want to become the person who will break that cycle of madness. Break that cycle. There's been hunting my family. Then I need to be the person who will break every ancestral tie that has tied me to their ancestral sins. You need to be someone who get up and cut down your father's idols. Your father's temple needs to come down and God's altar should be built up. That means you need to destroy the sins of the forefathers in your life and you need to establish righteousness in its place 
And a pleasing worship needs to go to God after that. Then God will break you free from the hands of the enemy. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. 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 Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for speaking to us in a marvelous way. We all need healing. We all need miracles. We all need prosperity. We all need blessings. And we all need more. And we all need, we are all in need of so many different needs. Who is willing to do what is necessary in order for the curse to be removed and for God to bless. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I'm going to give a few minutes at this hour in the presence of God. A few minutes. Do you pray? Wherever you are, Jesus, whatever it may be, whatever ancestral sin it may be, anger, immorality, flirting, lying, pride, cheating, deception, exaggeration, greed, maliciousness, gossip, self-centeredness, self-seeking, Rage, boastful, haughty, slothful, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. If you want to inherit the total blessings God has for you, If you want the oppressor to oppress you no more in any way, whether it's a bodily form or mental form or spiritual form or whatever it may be, you need to do what Gideon did. You need to do what God is telling you to do right now. In the presence of God. Every day make sure you don't bring any bail back again. Make sure that which is destroyed stays destroyed. Make sure that which you built up for the Lord stays built up. Make sure that the offering that you offer up to him is a pleasing aroma to God. Make sure that your, your life becomes a pleasing sacrifice to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this Lord's Day. Thank you for speaking to us through your holy word. Thank you for helping us to hear your voice one more time. We are so thankful that you're speaking to us, Lord. You speak to us because you believe that we will receive and obey. You speak to us because you want us to be blessed by you. You speak to us because you want us to escape the snares of the enemy. You speak to us because you want to break the curses that are there upon our lives. Thank you, Father. You came to Gideon and you spoke to him because you wanted to bring him out of his oppression and also use him to bring his people, out of the oppression. You want to do the same thing for your people. You want to bring them out of the curses of their forefathers. And you also want to use them to become a blessing to their families, to bring them out of darkness. So I pray may your people take what you've spoken seriously, Father, and cause them to 
do their part before you so that you can do what you're so eagerly waiting to do for your people. As a servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people. With all your blessings that you alone can bless them with. That they may do everything that they need to do. To cut ties. To break themselves away from their ancestral sins. That they may build a holy altar for the Lord by doing that which is pleasing before you. That their sacrifices may ascend to you as a sweet aroma. That you may deliver them from the hands of the oppressor. That each one may not only be set free, but be useful in your hands to become instruments and agents that would bring deliverance to their own family members. With this blessing, I bless your people with. And I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. 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 May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.